All right, guys and girls, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fan and the Fanatic. We are on episode 19 now, so almost to that big episode 20, Matt. We're doing good, um, honestly. I'm just going to keep Thank saying you. it every, every podcast that, you know, we're, keep, we're doing good. Some positive affirmation for ourselves. Um, anyway, so this one, uh, stick around for a good baseball talk uh, with friend of the show, Jaden Arkawa, also second string baseball manager uh, in OBL and a good friend of Matt uh, for a long time. So we have a really good conversation about him and his Mariners. And we get into a lot of just good baseball talk in general. So stick around for that. Um, but first, you know, we'll, me and Matt will get into, you know, our topics that uh, have been happening recently. So we're going to start off with basketball, college basketball, to be specific. Uh, March Madness concluded uh, the past week. And so I guess we'll touch on the final four. First, uh, well, first of all, both of our predictions were wrong, uh, right? Because we both had Duke, right? Yep. Yeah. So both had Duke. You know, before we get into that, you know, Kansas beat Villanova. Like I said, Villanova was down their second best player. I thought Kansas was going to win anyway. Uh, Villanova went up big in the first half. Um, wait, was that the same game? That was, right? That was the same game. Um, no, Kansas, Kansas. Well, that was a Miami. Was a big. That was a Kansas Miami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Kansas kind of dominated that one. Um, they looked really good in that game, and then well, the game everyone was talking about, right? The Duke North Carolina game. Coach K's what would turn out to be Coach K's last game ever. Um against the bitter rival North Carolina and North Carolina beats them again, twice in the same season, spoiling the movie script. It's not rigged. I told you, Matt, if they want, it was rigged. They didn't want everyone to think it was rigged. So they had to have coach K lose. Um, Caleb love star of the show. And that one, you know, he played out of his mind. He hit the big shot down the stretch. Ultimately, uh, Duke could not pull through for Coach K. Uh, let's let's just get into that for a moment. Uh, I want to know your thoughts about that the ending of that game and why you think uh, North Carolina ended up winning. Uh, because Caleb Love decided to be hot that game and cold the next game. <laughs> That's literally what happened. <laughs> no, but I think going back to the start of the game, I think Duke kind of got in trouble when their bigs got in foul trouble. So Mark Williams, he gets two quick fouls. So he's done for the first half. So he sits the last like maybe 16 minutes. And then their backup big is uh, Theo John. And, you know, he was, I think he had four fouls at the half going into the half because Coach K didn't want to, you know, bring back Williams to get his third because he's more valuable. So you want him for that stretch run, but they were just in foul trouble the whole time. I think that just takes, you know, it just takes you out of the, takes you out of the game. And I think that kind of goes back to the end of the game where Mark Williams, to me, that was the turning point of the game 
He got fouled. He had a chance to hit two free throws, and was... he missed both of them. Both of them. And the way that he shot it, too, I don't know. You could see, like, I his saw face. Both. He, yeah. he, like, grimaced, right? He's like, oh. And then after that, it was just Caleb Love hit that shot. And that was it. Man, I will I... say, though, if he, if Caleb Love doesn't hit that three, I think Duke wins. Oh, definitely. If he with doesn't how, hit that three. With yeah. how it was going, yeah. Um, just, oh, I felt like it was almost like, to me at least, those free throws, Mark Williams could feel the moment. You know, yeah. like, I, and I don't blame him, right? I don't blame him. It's, you know, going to go down in history, right, as Coach K's last game. It's the game against North Carolina in the Final Four, the first time these teams have met in the tournament. And I think just for a second, it all flooded his mind just a little bit. Because, um, you know, like, he missed long that first free throw, right? He bricked it off the back iron. Second one, way short off the front rim. Like, you could – like, that's – He's like, okay, I can't, you know, I got to take a little bit of it off. But when all that stuff, I think it's just kind of natural to think about. Um, Like, I I really don't blame him just because of the, like, you know, uh, sense of the moment there. But that that was definitely, um, I think, the the X factor down the stretch. Just because if he hits one, right, Um, you know, with the way the rest of the game played out, they would have been – a three away of tying, which obviously is a whole new game. But yeah, feel for them. Feel for Coach K. Um, but that's college basketball, man. That's that's just how it goes. March Paul, Madness for a reason. That's March Madness. Don't it doesn't care about the perfect story, I guess. Um, uh, but I must say, Ben Carroll, I mean, it, that dude, when he puts his head down, he is tough to stop. Like when he plays like a big, um, and the shooting is gonna come in the NBA. I, I think he's he should go number one overall. Um, That's what he, I've been saying. Yeah, and I think uh, he proved it. Mm-hmm. I I like him going number one overall. He has the NBA ready body. Uh, he can score inside, and like the jumper is just gonna come naturally, and he's gonna just be a monster. I think. Uh, trying to trying to defend him if you put like a three or a four on him, so. Head up, Paulo. You you got a bright future ahead of you. Uh, Coach K, you know, much respects uh, from the fan and the fanatic uh, on a great career. Um, but that's how it ends. So I guess moving on to the championship game. So who what a what a game that was. North Carolina jumped out 15 point lead at the half, and oh, they blitzed them. They blitzed them. Um, but I really didn't, I mean, I, cause I wasn't even home yet to watch. I, all I ever cared about was the second half, especially in college basketball. All I care about is watching like the last 10 minutes of the second half. Um, because if it's a blowout, then it's, it's already over. Right. But if it's a close game, it's going to come down to the wire. Two great teams put into work all year and man, what a, what an ending. Like, we got to treat – this was, a like, one of those classics, honestly, um, that we're going to talk about for a while. So, let's see. I know, Matt, you said you had a little discrepancy with the, the player of the game, right? Um, or was it 
is it player of the game or tournament player of the tournament it's the, the final four most outstanding player. oh okay that's right most outstanding player um so it went who did it end up going to was it uh ochaya baji yeah yeah um but matt has a discrepancy so why don't you say who you think it should have been so i mean the award is called final four most outstanding players so obviously it's between two games Mm -hmm. and the way that i saw it was abaji he was terrific in that first game against villanova he was like unconscious from three but in the championship game, I thought he was a little off. Yeah. And I was, and it's more in part to his free throw shooting. He was terrible at the line. Like he was awful. Mm-hmm. Like I was thinking North Carolina, they should just intentionally foul him. <laughs> he, he missed like, I think four free throws in a, in a row at one point. He was, yeah, he was like just, two for seven. At one yeah. Point like he, it was just like in his head at that point. But to me, the guy who really was the tone setter, for both games against Villanova and North Carolina was David McCormick. Mm-hmm. McCormick. Yeah. And he, he had look the at shot. down the stretch too. He made all the baskets. I think he had two or three baskets over Baycott and Manic. I mean, he basically closed it out for Kansas mm-hmm. and he was that interior force that held it down and kind of, you know, I didn't, I shouldn't say stopped Baycott, but kind of made him work for his shots a little bit. So right. that's that's the only thing I, I really think should have been changed. I don't know if you felt that way, but I thought McCormick was he was the man in that yeah. tournament for Kansas. Especially I mean I didn't see I didn't watch the, the final four game, but that second half you could definitely feel McCormick's presence like um Agbaji. I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name honestly. Uh Big O I know they call him Big O, right? Like they call him Big O. So um uh, I know he he's kind of like the guy uh, of that team. Like he's the star. He's the the NBA guy. Um, but yeah, McCormick was definitely solid down the stretch. Um, and shout out to Remy Martin, man. That dude came up big too. <laughs> First of all, his name, <laughs> legendary Remy name Martin. already, Remy Martin. Um, he was a transfer from Arizona State. He beat Kansas before. Um, and now he he finally said, "All right, out." He put a KD. He said, "I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna win over there." Um, and that's what exactly what he did. But he like he has that weird like shot from like like that push shot, yeah, that like, push shot like, straight over. It. Yeah, it's like straight over his like right shoulder kind of thing. But like he hit the big shots down the stretch, <laughs> and uh, he had a big block against Caleb Love, who we'll get into. Uh, in a little bit, but I mean, just they at the end, just Candace made a little bit more plays and was just a like a tad bit healthier than North Carolina was because um, North Carolina was going to like Cam Johnson's brother. What's his name? Puff Johnson. Puff Johnson. <laughs> Dude was I mean, OK, he got he got elbowed like he got winded. But, you know, even to get winded and to like basically puke on the court like you're already you're already giving it your 110%, right? And North Carolina had to reach into depth that uh, they hadn't had to all year. And, you know, here they are in the championship game going to guys off the bench. So uh, bright future ahead for North Carolina. But let's just get into Caleb Love a little bit because, like you said, Matt, 
it was a tale of two games for him. Uh, was he was the star uh, from that Duke that Duke game? He had twenty eight points. Uh, this one though, man, he struggled uh, to say the least. He ended up with thirteen points, but oh, shoot, I where's the box score? I believe he went like five of twenty something from the field. Um, I got it. He was five of 24 from the field. One of eight from three. (laughs) Man, and... Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't don't know who's to blame because it's hard for me to say exactly how it works uh, on that team. But my impression is, at least in college basketball, the coach has a lot more say than let's say in the pros, right? Because the pros, you know, you can almost say like, okay, you're the star, take over. And, you know, as much as Caleb Love, I respect that, you know, everyone talks about mama mentality. Kobe could miss 100 shots. He's still going to take the 101st shot and make it when it counts, right? Like, you know, but at a certain point, you know, in college, the coach has to be the one to say, hey, you know what? It doesn't always have to be you tonight, right? Because um, five of 24, that's ridiculous. And the one that was really keeping them in the game was, um, what's his name? RJ Davis? RJ, is it RJ Davis? RJ Davis. Yeah. he He's the second, or he was the other guard, right? And I thought when he was either running the offense um, or looking for his shot, they had way more success uh, running through him rather than, you know, Caleb Love kind of going ISO, trying to create off the dribble himself. Um, I think he settled too much for jump shots. Uh, we could see how how quick he is, you know, off the dribble, uh, getting to the rim and finishing. So, I was just man. Um, and there were just a couple shots that didn't quite fall their way. And I was just like, man, if I was, you know, Hubert Davis, who is going to get a contract extension, by the way, um, but man, if I'm him, I just say, like, let RJ run, just run it for, you know, two, three minutes here. Um, Cause man, Caleb Love was trying to, you could tell he was, he wanted to be the guy. Uh, and even like that last shot, he pulled from like four feet behind the line. Like that was a hero shot. Right. And just didn't, didn't happen. So that's where I thought that all the execution was just like so bad. And I think it was for both teams too. So it starts with Caleb Love. He takes a deep contested three with 16 seconds left. 16 seconds left. It's not like it was like two seconds left and he had to Mm -hmm. get it up. You can drive the ball and get to the basket and extend the game. You know, you got 16 seconds. That's that's an eternity, Mm -hmm. you know, at that moment. And then... You know, he misses the shot. Kansas gets the ball back. And then the guy steps out of bounds on the inbound. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, they're trying no. to give North Carolina all the chances that they could. Yeah, because that was one, was like, like no, there was a scramble. Like, you can't yeah, do that. They were scrambling, and then Manic threw it out of bounds. I thought right there, game's over. Because it should have been over. <laughs> I thought it was funny, too, because they threw it out of bounds, and then they cut to a – uh, Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas. Everyone's like rushing on the court. Like, oh, oh yeah, wow. we're going to win. And then they step out of bounds and it's like, oh, I wonder what they were thinking right there. Oh. 
I could not believe because there's no way North Carolina should ever get the ball back with a chance right? to tie the game. Like, there's no <laughs> way. And then he pulls another three. Like, Manic yeah. felt I, – th- I don't know if it was supposed to go to him in the corner, but I don't know if you saw the whole play, Matt, Right? He, he stripped. stripped. So, I think Caleb Love was kind of that second bailout option. And he gets the ball again, same thing, pulls it from deep, doesn't hit it, and Kansas wins. That one's understandable, though, because, you know, he yeah, stopped he, you have to make, You have to put two a seconds shot. left. It's yeah. like, but I definitely I agree with you. I think it looked like it was going to go to Manic. I think he was the sharpshooter uh, from three that game, and, yeah, he tripped. But it also comes to – my dad kind of pointed this out, too, so – when they were kind of reviewing the clock when the Kansas guard stepped out of bounds. So it was kind of a long delay. So, you know, if you're North Carolina, you know, you're getting the ball back. So, you know, if you're Hubert Davis, you have time to draw up a play, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you have time to drop that play. But then he calls his final timeout after that to converse more. So I'm thinking, okay, like, do you maybe save that timeout? Like, to and maybe attack the basket, maybe no, well, not necessarily because there was four seconds left. So I think you gotta go for a three. Mm. But it's like if you since you had that delay in the clock and the refs had to review, it's like a free timeout. So you right. have time to drop a play. So you if you keep that timeout with you when you're inbound, oh, and they say you don't have the look them. that you want, yeah. or you can see their look, like then you call timeout and you adjust. Right, right. And the fact that if that play was supposed to go to Manic and you see him trip like that, like you can just call timeout, call timeout and, wow. and reset something. I didn't even think about that. That's a good catch by your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's huge, actually. So I think that's a rookie mistake by Hubert Davis. But I mean, first year coaching, right? So made it to the. <laughs> yeah, he went to the championship to the game. Chip. He beat Coach yeah. K twice. I mean, you can't really. I'm not debating him or anything because mm-hmm. obviously he knows more basketball than us but <laughs> that was just something that you know was brought up and i was like you know that's a pretty good good point all right well congrats to kansas north carolina will be back eventually they're not going anywhere yeah um it's hawaii's turn now maybe they're gonna make the saint peter's ooh, run next year like we peter's said last time we said that last episode, right? Yep. Oh yeah, and St. Peter's. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii will be the next 15 seed. I hope so. Oh yeah, and he, the coach left, went to Seton Hall, and then the three top players all left here. So they're I mean, transferred to Seton. They're Hall. gonna go to Seton Hall, guarantee. <laughs> yep. Um. All right. Well, yeah. Congrats to Kansas. Um. We can talk about a little bit about. I don't know. Did you watch the women's final four at all? Or did I was you kind did of you watching little, a, a little bit, a little um, bit? Yeah, South Carolina, man, they're they're just yeah, they're just they on were the a team of destiny level. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After last year, Aaliyah Boston, she had the chance, and then she just you know back ironed. Oh, I'd be so sick. She's probably been thinking about that moment for a year. So good for her to be able to like come out and and win it all. Um, but that UConn team is legit too, man. Like Paige and uh, I don't know if you know who. What's her name? Ozzy. Ozzy Fudd. Ozzy Fudd. She's she can play too. I think she's a freshman. Yeah. Uh, true freshman. 
but dude, she is legit too. So I mean, UConn's not going anywhere. Uh, and Paige is kind of like now this. She's almost like that star, right? She's uh, the best player in college basketball. Yeah, she's. I don't the care what anybody player. says. She's uh, the best player in college basketball. She has the handle, and she like she has that Steph like shot. I'm not saying she shoots like Steph, but it's like that quick release, effortless uh, type of shot. Like she can just pull up off the dribble kind of thing, um, and she's fun to watch. Honestly, I was so, yeah, I was. I have some. I have a different player that she reminds me of. So like. The way that she like goes off the screen and she shoots her jumpers, it kind of reminds me of like D book. Like she's just like she's a killer from the mid-range. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She page yeah. bucket. That's why they call Shade, her. Page yeah, bucket, page buckets. So. I think it's really good for um women's basketball and like when she makes this to the WNBA, because she like as much hype as like you know, like Sabrina has or had in college, or like these other guys, she has like that scoring, like swagger like sabrina she's just that all-around great player right like she she's just kind of everywhere but Paige has like that swag and she has the hype and she has like the the flashiness to her game almost um so i think it's gonna be it's gonna be really good for uh the wnba when she goes so shout out to them and so and shout out to south carolina good for them um all right, well, that's good for college basketball. Let's transition. So we got a couple NFL topics, not a ton. Uh, let's start off here. So I don't know if many people know this, but the show Hard Knocks, um, it basically follows a team around the NFL season. And kind of, it's almost like a reality show. Um, you know, they just kind of film players and the staff throughout the regular season. And this year, it's the, the Detroit Lions are going to be featured on Hard Knocks. Um, it has to be solely for Dan Campbell, the head coach, um, because who else is going to watch the hard knocks of the Detroit Lions? Like what? We're going to see them like tank again. Like Jared Goff is still the quarterback. They well, didn't... this is during the preseason though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess preseason. I the guess training we'll, camp. We'll get to see all that, how, how he operates. That That's just, I mean, the show is going to be like 50% on him and then, they're going to spread, sprinkle the other 50% out to like Jamal Williams because we know he's like a pretty like out there personality. Um, but no one's paying to watch Jared Goff. Like, <laughs> Jared Goff. I, I mean, hey, Jared, I'm not hating on you, bud, but you know, I don't know, man. You, you guys are stuck in Detroit. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> can I, ju- going can on? I just say something? I think the best hard knocks. Uh, series was with Dallas. I mean, we just bring the, the flash and the enthusiasm and the swag. I mean, you know what NFL, I like? Get it right next time. You gotta watch the uh, that Amazon, those Amazon all or nothing, ones. all or nothing. I really like that one because it's like the whole it's an in season, yeah, week to week recap. Um, and you can see like the emotions of the players as they go. Um, the best one I watched was Arizona when they beat um, Green Bay in that playoff game when Larry had his famous run throughout the whole defense and then he sent up scar. Like, I got chills watching that on Hard Knocks because, like, you can see the fans' reaction, the players on the sidelines' reaction. Um, I just love NFL, like, mic'd up content, honestly. Like, it's so good to hear what the players and coaches are saying. Um, my, my favorite all or nothing was Dallas. Yeah, I know in 2017 wasn't that when they were 
Oh no, they struggled that year, huh? That, yeah, that was the year after they after they peaked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm not watching Detroit. I'll, I'll watch the clips. <laughs> I'm not paid to watch that. Um. All right. Second topic here. So after Tom Brady came back, uh, Bruce Arians now quote unquote retires and is moving to the front office. So there's big controversy there. Um, I really don't, I don't know what to make of this, Matt, because I've heard both like, and both theories make sense. Both theories being, you know, one Brady and Arians never got along, you know, schematically with the offense and kind of said, if I'm coming back, I want to do it my way. Right. That was, that's why, you know, Arians went up. There's other reports saying, you know, Arians just didn't want to leave Todd Bowles, who would was going to be his eventual replacement uh, in a bad situation. That's why when Brady came back, he decided to take the step. I don't know what to make of this. I think it's Brady just getting his way, uh, almost LeBron-esque, you know, type of thing. He he knows what he wants. He's the undisputed GOAT of football, right? Um, Bucks, they just want to win. And so we'll see. I, I think this is just Tom throwing his weight around and saying, Arians, we tried it your way. Uh, worked kind of, but it was because of me. And uh, uh, it's, it's time for you to go, bud. I'm, I'm still surprised that they hired Todd Bowles. If, if they were trying to go internal, because the way that the NFL is going, isn't it more like offensive. people want an offensive guy? So if they were going to go that route, like maybe Leftwich? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I, I thought of. I was like, hmm. Just well, maybe, the way the, the NFL is offensive, right? So you want that offensive coach. So I think, well, personally. To me, it seems like just because Arians was the head coach, right? I think Todd Bowles is just going to say, all right, Leftwich and Brady, you guys run your offense however you want it. And I'll manage the defense kind of thing. I, I think I really think that's just how it is. Brady just didn't want someone that's going to get in his way of what he wants to implement on offense. And Arians has his old school, like, you know, risk it for the biscuit type of type of thing. And everyone knows Brady is like the methodical surgeon. Right. Um, so I, I think that's what it was. It was just a power clash. And, uh, Todd Bowles is going to, he has head coaching experience. He's going to, you know, do the right thing. Defensively, they're solid. Um, so I think Tom is just going to get to literally run his own offense. <laughs> I don't know if Leftwich is even going to pick the plays, honestly, or Tom is just going to call the whole game. But yeah, that's what I think. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady is the offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> He's the offensive coordinator, he's the part time GM. Uh, shoot, I don't even wide receivers coach, running backs coach, <laughs> offensive line coach. Uh, he's a head scout, too. <laughs> yep, a head scout, a head negotiator, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see how, how they do. I mean, they gotta win that division. I mean, I love oh, Marcus, yeah, right? <laughs> I love Marcus, but he ain't got nobody to throw to. <laughs> You got Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson and him. They should just run the triple option between those three guys, honestly. 
Um, and then Carolina still has Sam Darnold starting as of now. And, you know, Jameis is back, but no Sean Payton. So the Bucks better better win that division easily, I think. Um, they better go undefeated in division play, yeah, at least. Yeah, they really should. They really should, if we're being honest. Um, all right, well, Matt, let our third topic, and I know you want to talk about this. Um, oh, sorry, no, we're going to four topics. Uh, the third topic, Bobby Wagner, who Matt has been praying for all offseason, uh, ultimately decided to sign with the Rams. Matt, what is your uh, reaction to that one? Well, it was about to happen, so it didn't really, like, hurt. Because I wasn't blindsided, but it just sucks. It just honestly kind of sucks knowing that they actually had a chance. They actually, I think they legit had a chance to get him if they really wanted to. And, you know, looking at the contract that he signed, it was pretty favorable because it's a five-year deal and you can spread that, spread that money out. So it's not a huge cap hit now. So you have enough to spend on draft picks and you know potential free agents that you need in the middle of the season so and I, can i just say one thing again we wasted nine million dollars on the punter that could have went to bobby wagner's contract that would that's a quarter of his contract now so that would have been perfect wait till anger's hitting 60 yard bombs for the brand baby no, He's but I don't want to see Brian. I don't want to see Brian Anger on the field. He shouldn't be on the field because Dak Prescott's supposed to be taking us into the end zone every possession. If he's making seventy-five million dollars, <laughs> Brian Anger is terrific. But I do not want to see him on the field. That's true. That is true. Uh, maybe. Hey, you know what? Maybe he's just the best holder in the league, like football holder, placeholder. You know, for wait, who's your kicker now? He's, is Zerline still the kicker? I don't even no, know. We recut re- re- him. We oh. got to get a kicker. Oh, okay. So he's good. Hey, man. Crucial part of the system right there. You know, the whole. I don't know. Maybe Brian Anger is going to be kicking PATs now. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's why they paid him so much. Okay. That might make sense that he can, he can dual hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, just very disappointing. <laughs> Come on, Jerry. You want to save your your Cowboys rant, or you want to go on? You, you got any? Uh, you want to express anything? Or you uh, want to no, save it? I'm good for now. I'm good. All for right, now. we'll save that for the draft. Is coming up in three weeks, by the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Last one. Overtime rule change. Both teams now get possession, which is how it probably always should have been. Um. You have the best athletes on the field, uh, or the best. You know, the most exciting uh, part of the game that fans want to watch is the offenses score points. And it really came down to, I think, that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes battle uh, with how Josh Allen was absolutely dealing in that game. Um, yeah, football is a team sport. Defense wins championships. But uh, you want to see the, the playmakers on the field make, making plays. Uh, so I think this is really good for the NFL. Uh, it's going to bring, you know, it's just that much more like ad revenue if you want to think about it that way for them because uh, it's going to be, you know, more TV time and overtimes uh, with all the stars on the field. So 
Uh, I I really like the rule. I'm sure. I'm guessing you like the rule too, Matt. I don't know. Um, I have. I really have no no opinion on it. So when the proposal came up, I was actually on the side of keeping it the same because I think you know defense has got to show up too. It's not all, all right. about offense. So I like that emphasis on defense. I'm a defense. I'm a defensive guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I so, know. I like I like the defensive side of the ball to be, you know, having that significance. But I think now, obviously, you know, both teams are guaranteed with possession of the ball. So <laughs> everyone's just going to draft receivers and running backs and offensive linemen, tight ends. So, well, I mean, you still got to get a stop, yeah. right? I mean, it's still about defense. I still think it's about. Um, you could you could just let the other team score a touchdown, kick the extra point and then go back down and score a two-point conversion mm, to win the game. That's true. With the new rule. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it. I don't know. We'll see how it yep. pays off. Offense is box office, though, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, you know what? That's a good wrap on the NFL. Let's get into our pretty much last big topic here. Basketball talk. Um First, let's acknowledge, you know, uh, CJ had a cool moment. He returned back to Portland as a member of the Pelicans. I'm so happy for CJ. He is absolutely killing it right now in New Orleans. He has full control of that offense. It's like he can do what he wants. He's putting up huge numbers, and they're winning, by the way. So they're a lock for the play-in now. Good for them. I'm probably going to be cheering for them in that play-in. So we'll see. Um, but happy for CJ. He had a cool standing ovation back in Portland, as he should. Um, you know, he was our guy, right, up there in Portland. Uh, yes, he was. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, him and Dame could never get it done, but he'll always have a special place in our hearts for sure, <laughs> especially that game seven against Denver when he took over down the stretch and uh, made made the big shots, so. All love to CJ there. Um, Matt, did you want to say anything about CJ? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of weird still seeing him in that Pelicans uniform. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even th- – if I can't adjust to it, I don't even know what Dame is feeling right now. You know, yeah. he's, he's, he must be suffering with that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's good to see CJ, you know, kind of getting, like what you said, full control of that offense now. I mean, that's kind of what people have thought you know, three, four years ago when, oh, yeah, we got to break up the backcourt and Damon, CJ, one of them have to go. And this is honestly probably what you would have got three, four years ago anyway. So I'm, I'm expecting Dame to have something similar, I hope. Now he can – he doesn't have to maybe share the court with CJ. He has full control of that offense. So he can just focus on his shot now. So, hey, maybe it works both ways. Yep. But we'll find out next year because they ain't going no place this year. (laughs) (laughs) They're competing for a lottery pick. Um, So that was a nice moment. But (sighs) all right, let's get into (laughs) the main topic of the day. (laughs) Uh, So we're recording this April 5th, Tuesday. Uh, Tonight, the Lakers played the Suns and the Spurs played Denver. Um. So the Spurs had to win and the Lakers had to lose in order to 
for the Spurs to lock a playing game. And that's exactly what happened. The Spurs beat the beat the Nuggets and the Lakers uh predictably lost to the to Phoenix, who is who actually they matched or no, sorry, not matched. They broke their uh record for most wins in a season with 63 franchise record. So good for Book and CP3. But let's get into the the Lakers. So I want to throw this back, Matt, to the beginning of the NBA season. Uh, you know, even before that, with the NBA offseason, preseason, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, when all the trade talks and all the talks were swirling, who are the Lakers going to get? What's going to be the piece that puts them over the top? And what did I say, Matt, on this podcast? We can go back and find the clip of me you saying said the Lakers I should get Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed. I said it then and I stuck by it. Um it, it wasn't even an anti-Westbrook thing because he was his name wasn't even brought up. Buddy Heald's name wasn't talked. I'm like, wow, this is perfect. We have that third option scorer. You know, he can get his own shot. He doesn't have to. He can play off ball a lot. And he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. And it sounded like all we would have to give up was Kuzma, who at the time I was not a big fan of, right? So I'm like, man, this is a perfect, this is a win-win. We're not going to have to pay Kuzma and we're going to get more shooting, right? Um, And then the Westbrook talk started coming in. And I said, please, no, let's not take Westbrook. Please tell me this is all just noise. He has never proven to be a winner. He's gotten progressively worse at shooting over the years. He's not getting any younger. Obviously, he's still kind of athletic. I don't care about triple-doubles. I care about winning. Then the trade goes through. We lose a lot of our key role guys. We lose Kuzma. We lose KCP. Caruso is gone because we can't afford to re-sign him. We end up with all these old, you know, the retirement home, like people were saying all year, right? You know, Rondo, Dwight, I can't even, Ariza, guys like that. We got Ken Bazemore. He's not old, but he's just, he's Ken Bazemore, right? Uh, and just so frustrating because uh, it was just like this season, like, and you know, I lo- I'm a LeBron fan, but it was like, I don't want to say there was a lack of urgency, but it just seemed like, you know, they were definitely frustrated. You could tell the players were frustrated. The coaches were frustrated. The fans were definitely disappointed and frustrated. But it was never, there was never seemed to have that fire, right? That we've seen in LeBron in the past. It was like, okay, he's frustrated, but he doesn't have that. I'm going to take over and just, you know, go LeBron James fourth quarter mode. I don't know how many leads we blew in the fourth quarter this year um, up big. Like even thinking back early, we had like 20 point leads against the Thunder who at the time had two, had four wins and two wins were against the Lakers. So that was kind of an early indication of how the season was going to go. Um, and just, oh, I would, I was praying. I was like, please, They'll turn it around. Like, I just kept telling myself, they're going to turn it around. Westbrook's going to improve his play. 
AD is going to be healthy. LeBron's going to be healthy and we'll be fine. Ultimately, you know, they were never healthy at the right times. They never clicked. Westbrook's been playing good of, as of late, kind of too little, too late. And even if it, it doesn't even matter because, you know, honestly, they don't even have the role guys to go with it. Um, I like Malik Monk. I like Stanley Johnson. I like Austin Reeves. But that's not enough, especially not, you know, what the Lakers are looking for for the championship. So that was my event. There's my Lakers rant for the year. My frustration is out. You can all right, you can go react to whatever. That was pretty short compared to my Cowboys one. Yeah. I was gonna talk too much anyway. <laughs> so whatever. You're welcome, everyone. There you go. <laughs> short. I mean, to kind of summarize, I guess, their season in general. So obviously everyone, you know, Russell Westbrook is kind of like that scapegoat. Frank, uh, Frank Vogel is the scapegoat on the sidelines. But to me, the, the guy who I'm kind of like pointing the finger at is Anthony Davis. Anthony yeah. Davis. So this guy, like, I think you talked about it too, right? And this is kind of what we all thought was going to happen. So he gets traded to the Lakers. LeBron is, you know, you could say still kind of at the peak of his powers in terms of health as well. Yeah, I would give him that. You know, they win the championship, and then now it's time. Okay, LeBron showed him the way, showed him how to win. And he's now, he's got the keys to the kingdom. He's passing the torch to AD. And he just never took it. He never took it to this day. And it's been two seasons now. And I saw his, I don't know if you saw his comments about you know, a lot of what ifs, basically. And it's like, I think I was like, dude, like, I don't feel bad for you at all. Like, I think it comes down to your preparation. And it's like, yes, some of your injuries are, you know, freak accident. But it's like, do you even like train or put your body in the place to be the best condition possible? Like, I think after they won the championship that offseason, he came into camp out of shape, right? Was that the camp? Yep. So it's like, bro, LeBron's literally trying to groom you into being the face of the team. And you come into camp out of shape. It's like, you're playing for the Lakers. Would Le- is LeBron ever going to do that to this day? No, he's not going to do that. You think Kobe would ever do that as a Laker? Absolutely not. Kobe would tear you up. Yeah, Kobe would have grilled. He, he's lucky LeBron was his teammate. He's LeBron is a kind of buddy-buddy kind of guy. Yeah. Because if that was Kobe, Kobe would have chewed his you-know-what out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the way when Davis was healthy this year, like watching him play, it's like I kind of forget, like, damn, are you still like the top five Anthony Davis from the Pelicans, Anthony Davis? or the championship Anthony Davis. Like, he was getting bodied by Nurkic. I'm like, that just drives me insane because I can't stand Nurkic. And to see him bully Anthony Davis, you know, and he's getting bodied by guys like uh, like Jakob Pertl on the Spurs. I'm like, bro, like, come on. like Or Kavon Looney. No disrespect to those guys, but, I mean... You're Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. You're exactly. Anthony bleeping Davis. Like... People call you a top five, top 10 player when you're on the floor. It's like, 
you can't be doing that. If that was LeBron, oh my goodness, I don't even know what people would say about him. But to me, he just hasn't, he has not stepped up when you needed him to step up because he's the youngest star on the team. He's only 28. 28 29 something like that yeah so he's supposed to be in his in his prime right now in the peak of his powers and he can't and you're making a you're making a 38 year old 37 year old in year 19 carry the team i mean that's just that to me is just no drive there's just no drive with him and you know this kind of brings it up for me too but i think they should trade him they Mm -hmm. got a ring on already i mean you have no future it's time to move on all right, so okay, okay, let's let's do the Anthony Davis stuff first. So I think we have to make a trade. We have to trade AD, right? I think we. I don't think it's you do everything you can to move off AD and get. I want to say like okay, so this is for the good of the Lakers. We have to. We I think we just not start a rebuild, but we need youth we need young players that are you know at the top of their game like like ideally we get someone like a Shea Gilgis you know some guys a guy like that who um can handle the moment you know he he's borderline all-star players like like guys like that 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 are young right um and I think we need to get younger and I think we need to get more more depth if we're going to make a run because I still think we should build around LeBron. Like as crazy as it sounds, 37 years old, whatever 19th season, I think we still have two more years left with LeBron. So I think it just hasn't worked out with AD. I don't know. I mean, we don't know what goes behind goes on behind the scenes. Right. But for whatever reason, we have not seen him take that leap um, to be the guy in LA. I don't know if that's just not who he is. Okay, fine. So be it. This is LA. You got to, you know, you got to be used to the the lights if you're going to be the star. So let LeBron, he's been the star his whole life. He can handle the media presence. Just get him pieces around him. Role players, you know, younger guys that can defend and shoot um, and just go back to the how he, you know, what the formula was in Miami and Cleveland and even that one year when they won in the bubble uh, defense and, and, you know, three point shooting when, when you need it. So I think we have to move uh, AD this off season. I, and no knock against AD, like, uh, like health wise. I mean, I know that's a problem, but I mean, he's just one of those guys, right? He's just one of those injury prone guys. It just happens. Um, but my thing is just when he is healthy, he is digressed as a player. Um, and he's not like, yeah, it was really hard. He was up in the debate. Is it, is AD the best big or is it Giannis or is it Jokic or is it Embiid? And he's completely fallen out of that conversation, like completely. So it's, maybe he needs a fresh start, whatever. I think we get him out of there. Um, so I think that's an e- not an easy fix, but we'll get something out of trading AD. This is the hard part. What to do with this guy? Oh, sorry. This guy right here, number zero of the Lakers, Russell Westbrook. So the thing that's going to make it difficult for the Lakers is 
so he has a huge contract, right? He he has one more year, huge contract. I think it's like forty-four million or something like that. No team should anyway take a forty-four million dollar contract on a one-year deal and for a regressing ego-driven, you know, media villain uh player like Russell Westbrook who is the worst three-point shooter in the entire league among qualified players. He has the most turnovers in the league among qualified players and something like bottom five players uh, free throw shooting. So you're getting a point guard who turns the ball over and can't shoot. Hmm. Oh, and by the way, his contract is $44 million. Hmm. Now, what team is going to bite on that? Nobody. So what do we do? We, It's like LeBron, you made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. Because uh, we can't cut him because that's way too much hit to the cap. If you're going to cut him, you might as well just keep him. Um, but the question is, do the Lakers trade their their you know, borderline lottery pick or whatever um, to kind of dump Russ. Like, do we got to trade? Like, maybe it's got to be a package deal. Like, hey, you want AD? Okay, you can have AD, but take Russ with you too kind of thing, you know? Because I don't know how else they can dump him. Um, And I don't know if people are going to even want to come to LA anyway with, you know, now Magic's coming out saying stuff that it was LeBron. This whole time, I thought it was Palinka that chose Westbrook over AD or over DeRozan. No, it was LeBron. He's the one that had the final say. He said, you know what? I want Russell Westbrook. And I love LeBron. All right? I do. I'm a big LeBron fan. Um, but this is – that was a big mistake. But there's no – I don't know how he thought it could have worked. But this was, this one's on LeBron. So LeBron, the GM, you know, Rich Paul, you guys go figure out how to get Westbrook out of there and get LeBron some pieces to win. I think it should be on them. It's my second right, round. So, okay, so <laughs> you said LeBron. I said AD. Bottom line, then, the stars didn't show up, right? Is that kind of the consensus there? Yeah. I – well, I, I think there's a lot of problems. It You can say it stems from the front office. Maybe LeBron's asking for too much power. Um, but I, I heard – so Kyle Hurd had a segment today. He basically was saying this is ma- magic. By magic coming out and saying this, it's the Lakers taking power back from LeBron, right? Because magic knew about, you know, that it was LeBron's idea this whole year. But it's not until they're on the verge of getting knocked out from the play-in. I'm going to make the play-in tournament he, that they decide to drop this bomb. So, and I, I kind of agree with that. Um, but man, it is just so many things. Like I think LeBron was a little too cocky, wanting to play with Russ. You know, I even heard. So this is a fact. They could have kept. Caruso and KCP trading Kuzma for Buddy Heald and signing DeMar DeRozan. You tell me that's not a top-tier championship team with Anthony Davis. 
right? You got, if you, could you imagine that, that like starting five? I don't know who would be the point, but you know, LeBron. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bron, uh, KCP, Buddy, DeRozan, AD. That's a, that's a tough lineup to guard. You got, and you know, you got Caruso off the bench. You got guys like that that can come off the bench and play. It's, oh, that's, that's a showtime tough, lineup. That's a that's a tough team to beat. And so, if the reports are right, LeBron, you're telling me you'd rather have Russell Westbrook and this team over a Buddy Heald, Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso team with KCP. Like, I don't know if that's just the ego getting in him saying, "Hey, if I get Westbrook and I win." That would solidify my legacy as the GOAT. Maybe that's what it was because it's all legacy now for LeBron, right? He's going to get the scoring title over Kareem. Maybe this was kind of his last chance at, hey, let's let's take a big gamble. And if, if it hits, it's going to pay out huge. But if it doesn't, I already have the four rings. I'm going to have the scoring title and everything else. Kind of, that's how I'm kind of seeing it right now. I don't know. Yep. I, my phone just fell. But, no, you hit it right on the spot. LeBron, this is kind of like his lowest moment as the GM. Yeah. So, I don't want to say he doesn't care because I'm never going to assume what players care and don't care about. But it was just like so nonchalant this year from LeBron. Uh, like, I mean, he turned it up, right? He dropped that 55 point game, 60 point game, whatever. Um, and then kind of just fizzled out. Um, but he had to have known like halfway through the season, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> we got all that's these old he, dudes that's running. That's why he had so much fun at the All Star game. Yep, he's like, oh, you have to play with Giannis, Steph, Jokic. Like, wow, this is what it feels like to play with competent teammates. Oh, and I do feel bad. I, we haven't talked about him that much, but I feel bad for Frank, Frank Vogel, because he was just given a mess, man. Like, he got the, the ring that extended him one more year, I guess, bought him two years, but he's gonna be out of a job. I don't even think it's his fault. It is hard to coach a LeBron James team. Uh, and it is hard to manage all the, the things that come with the LeBron James led team. Um, so I don't I don't agree with the whole media br- blaming Frank. I think he did his best with what he had, honestly. Um, but yeah, it, it's just like a, like the ship is sinking and all you have are these little band-aids, right? Like you can stick them on the the cracks and stuff and it might be a quick temporary fix but eventually too much water gets in the boat and the band-aids don't do anything right like that was them signing avery bradley that was them getting malik monk that was them getting stanley johnson like dj augustine right like it was all these band-aid solutions to a sinking ship they're already underwater the band-aids are gonna do anything <laughs> so wrap it up blow it up, get LeBron some someone he wants and is actually decent in the next two years, go go get him one more ring, and then we rebuild again. <laughs> oh, just frustrating. Hey, at least your Spurs are in, though. 
Go Spurs, go. So who's I don't even know who's in the plane. It's the Spurs, the Pels, um, T Wolves and Clips. Look out for the Clips, man. If Kawhi comes back, Paul George. I don't think Kawhi's coming back. Paul George is back though, playing pretty good. Yeah. Oh. T Wolves kind of came out of nowhere. I I kind of like them as the ones to win. Uh, win the playing. Yeah, they're sneaky. They got a lot of talent. That's why. Yeah. So we'll see. Um. Oh. All right, I'm done with these Lakers, man. <laughs> don't. I don't want to talk any Lakers until we make some kind of decent free agency signing. I don't want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> what if we talk about them next week? <laughs> You know what would be crazy? Think about this. It's funny. All right. I'm having too much fun with this. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I, know I know you're in pain right now. But... Okay. Here, hear me out. <laughs> Hypothetical trade, right? We send AD back to New Orleans for Zion. Right, AD is going to retire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's going to retire. Like, even at this point, like, Josh Hart dropped, like, almost 50 points with Portland, right? Like, man, Josh Hart, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Jordan Clarkson. Like, all those, the young core turned out, like, they're all-stars, borderline all-stars now, man. Like, ah. If we re- if we didn't win that bubble championship, I would be in so much pain right now. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that bubble championships helps a lot with with the pain. It it helps cope a lot. Um, so at least we had that. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm done. Um, <laughs> That's All enough right. basketball. Yeah, that's enough put basketball. Put, put you out of your misery already. Yeah, let's just get into our quick hitters here. So we don't really talk golf ever, but the Masters are on Thursday or start Thursday. Um, it's always a big deal. Tiger's going to play, hopefully. That'd be cool to see him. Yeah. See him again after that injury. Uh, me and Matt are just going to give our launch sh- or our predictions. Um, I'm going to rock with Colin. Winning his first Masters, Colin Morikawa winning his first Masters, he does well in like the majors, so I think he has a decent chance. What about you? Well, I was gonna say that, so <laughs> I'm gonna say something different to spice it up. But I think John Rahm, he's a pretty sneaky. What do you mean sneaky? Player. He's the projected favorite. <laughs> Are you gonna say <laughs> that? There is no, there is no favorite in golf. How the hell do you even know who's gonna win? He is plus a thousand. To win the Masters, yeah, I don't care. And that's the lowest. He's the odds. first. I don't care. He's the lowest or the highest. I don't even know how you bet on golf. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone should be the same, except maybe Tiger Woods in his prime. Like, yeah, that's that's what I gotta say. <laughs> I'm gonna follow Vegas on this one. All right. Um. So that's that. Matt, why don't you round us off with our uh, sports talk or sports fact of the day, and then we'll get into our interview with Jaden. All right, so 
Today's recording is April 5th, so way back when in 1993, uh, this was in the NCAA championship game. So UNC, they won the championship that year, and they beat Michigan in the championship that year. And that team for Michigan was famous because that was the second year of the Fab Five. And in that second year, there was an infamous play in that game that will forever be documented in history, which is the Chris Webber non-timeout call, I guess you could say. That attempted, is probably attempted, attempted yeah, call. the attempted timeout with no timeouts actually to call. I mean, gosh, he's literally, that's what he's known for for the rest of and his life. And he's a Hall of Famer. And he, yeah, he's a great basketball player too, but he that's just... How sports is, right? You always mm-hmm. remember the lows. Like Buckner. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Boston. That's how I like it. <laughs> but I know I do feel bad for Chris Weber and you know guys like Bill Buckner too. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to remember it that way. No, never. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get into our interview with Jaden then. Yep. All right. So take a quick break and then we'll get into our talk with Jaden. So stick around. All right, guys, welcome back from our break here. So we have our guest, Greg. He's here. Yeah. He's a first, first timer. Uh, so this is actually our second Milovani Trojan alum. I know. I'm actually uh, sitting in for this one, though. Sorry, Hunter. All right. Really <laughs> yeah, Hunter, Hunter wasn't that important, though. <laughs> no, but... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but this guest, this is a good one. He's a former Melalani Trojan pitcher alum and also the founder of Second String Baseball. Oh, yeah, I got it. Jaden Araka, welcome to the <laughs> Fan and the Fanatic. What's going on? Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk sports and uh, let's go. Let's get after it. All right. So, for those of you that don't know, Jaden is probably the biggest baseball fan alive. <laughs> And especially with one team in particular, that's the Seattle Mariners. Gross. (laughs) So let me ask you to start. So why the Mariners? What what made you like the Seattle Mariners? Um. So like many, you know, six seven year olds that are playing pinto, right? There's very few Asian Americans that are playing Major League Baseball, and for me, my guy was Ichiro like every you know every every team had a number 51 and that was me at the time um you know when I was younger it wasn't necessarily me being a Mariners fan it was more of an Ichiro fan you know I would just follow him I wasn't really watching baseball necessarily but I really think I started to fall in love with baseball and the Mariners kind of when he left when he got traded so I think it was around middle school I was in eighth grade when he got traded I remember my, so my next door neighbor, they were a baseball family and they went to Seattle to watch Ichiro play the Yankees. And my neighbor texted me and she goes, Ichiro's on the Yankees. And I said, no, he's not. And then I look on the news and I'm just absolutely crushed. Worst day of my life, possibly. But that was kind of when it started for me. And 
around that was kind of around when Felix started to really be the guy and I kind of fell in love with that and then yeah I think 2014 was the first time I really felt that heartache of a Mariners fan because I wasn't alive for you know from 1977 to you know 1995 when you know with whole Griffey era and A-Rod so I was never really I guess alive for the time but 2014 was the first time I was like wow we're kind of good and they're not bad and they uh it was game 162 they had to win and Oakland had to lose Felix won a gem but Oakland won so that was the first time I was like yeah I'm a Mariners fan and from then on right how many years one game away two games away but yeah it's definitely from Ichiro obviously but it's only grown from that and here we are now. Oh, so technically, it's because of me, because I gave you that King Felix towel from that Let's game. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Matt. Thank um, you so much. So I, I put you down the dark path of becoming a Mariners fan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but, you know, today, you know, in 2022, the Mariners kind of starting to pick it up, at least with some noise. So some of their big off-season moves are pretty splashy. So yes. uh, they got the reigning AL Cy Young winner, Robbie Ray, now on the rotation. And they also traded for uh, Jesse Winkler, who's a all-star starter last year. So what do you think about the Mariners' moves this off-season to improve their team? Um, you know, just I can even go back a couple years, the rebuild. You know, 2018, you know, they had almost 90 wins and – I thought next year we can, we can do this. But of course, Jerry DePoto being him tanks, everybody gets rid of it. And in 2019, it was kind of like, here we go. Right. How many, how long is this going to be? How long is this going to take? Well, the Dodgers and the Yankees, you know, all my friends, teams, right. Playoffs, this and that. Here's me. Right. With like nobody. So, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy. I, I, I definitely think if we did not have the 2021 season we did, we would not be in the position to sign guys like Robbie Ray and sign, and you know, trade for guys like Winker and Suarez. But it's exciting. Um, I definitely think as far as Robbie Ray goes, little concern. Um, not the best track record as far as uh, injuries and I guess, walks and strikes. Um, 2021, obviously, right? He was, that was his Cy Young year. His ERA was around two, uh, 2.4, I think, or something like that. But in 2020, it was like almost like seven. So there are definitely the, the worries. And especially everybody knows as soon as you go to Seattle, something wrong happens. I hate to, to say it, but that's the way going to a Mariner, going to the Mariners does. And as soon as you leave, right, you get a Chris Taylor, right? So thanks. thanks for that. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad we got a Cy Young Award winner. It's big, right? And he wants to be there. You know, he wants to win with this team. And it's exciting. You know, being a left-handed pitcher, big guy with that. Um, but hopefully Robbie Ray can replicate at least a little you know, of what he did in 2021. I don't think it's going to be the exact same thing because that's not very realistic, but 
I'll, you know, I would be happy with, uh, you know, sub three. You know, I think it's possible, definitely. Um, Jesse Winker, I mean, what more can you say? I, I really don't think we gave up that much to get him and Suarez to at least one current and two former all-stars, you know. Suarez can drop, you know, easy 30 bombs a year, which is something that we need to replicate with that, with the departure of Kyle Seeger, third. That's the kind of biggest thing as far as Suarez goes. I don't necessarily care if he hits 200. If he can drop 30, then, you know, we, we're in a good in a good position. Uh, but I think out of, honestly, out of all these, the most important thing is Julio Rodriguez, number one, number one prospect in the system. Um, he's, he made it. And I think this is the start of, you know, good times to come for Seattle baseball. Absolutely. All right. So I want to ask you about one of those young studs that Seattle has, and especially maybe about two years ago, I think. So Kyle Lewis, when he just blossomed onto the scene, but what's going on with him, man? Like, he's just <sighs> like injured. I mean, he was... I thought he was going to be like the face of the team. You know, after at the end of 2020, he was, right? He was the guy. And it's really unfortunate. Same thing with injuries. Because in 20, because he got drafted in 2016, I think. And then 2017, he had like a freak accident. So he was out for a long time. And I think that injury kind of just stayed with him. Um, 2021, he tore his meniscus catching a fly ball leaping for a fly ball he landed he tore it um but you know the crazy thing is they had 90 wins without him and that space you know the bullpen was the thing that kind of held the fort together for seattle but um you know you're right having lewis i don't know how it's gonna work necessarily with the outfield i hope they don't trade him that's the, the one thing i'm worried about is, is if they trade him because they have you know hanniger right he's kind of the guy on the team he's they need a veteran presence. He's that guy. And they need Mitch on that team. And then uh, Kalnick, right? He was the number one, you know, top five prospect a couple years ago. Down year, but his September has been, in 2021, September kind of really turned it on. And in the last three games in spring training, he hit three home runs. So I'm excited for that. Um, and then, obviously, Winker. So, and Julio, right? So there's five outfielders, and I'm... Hopefully they get at least, you know, maybe platoon Lewis here and there just to make sure he's healthy. But you're right. Kyle Lewis, big name, big concern as well. Injuries, you know, kind of hand in hand with Seattle. But hopefully it's, you know, it's a good problem to have, to have definitely having five good outfielders, you know, it's better than last year when you have, you know, having to pull up triple A guys to fill holes in and, you know, hit hit a hundred or whatever. So. That, that's definitely a question mark for me as far as uh, health and how much you can contribute to the team this year. All right. All right. Well, I mean, like you said, depth is important, right? Especially in a 162 game season. Yes. Okay. So last question on the Mariners, are they making the playoffs this year? Yes. Oh my God. That's what yes. I was going to, I wanted to ask. Oh that my too. I wanted gosh. To see, what is your like projection? Like maybe ideal first projection, but like okay. realistic, like, projection what do you think okay you know for the mariners to make the playoffs i personally think they need to win the west they need to win the west 
And you, I'm sure you guys know why, considering how strong the AL East is. Four of the five are all playoff teams, playoff caliber teams. So if they don't win the West, they're going to have to deal with the wild card. It's going to be like the situation last year with, uh, oh, what team was Toronto it? and and Boston and New York. New all, York. All exactly, right? Playing. They're going to have to just fight to the last day of the season. And like, you know, if they win the West, the cards aren't, you know, the cards are on the other team's tables, right? And I feel like it could get to a point where if we, let's say we get second in the West, we're not going to be nearly as close to any of the wildcard teams. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that the West is going to be an easy division. That's what I'm hoping, because if we're second, I don't think we make the playoffs. Because I personally think the four teams in the East are easy, easy, easy 90 win, 90 plus wins teams. Can Seattle get there if everything goes to plan and everyone in the Angels gets hurt like normal? There is a shot. That's what that, see. My big concern this year is the Angels, though. I am worried about the Angels. I am. Houston is like they lost Korea. They're they're done. You think they're they're done? The, um, Astros. I think they're starting to. Is back. Yeah, I I I I think they're starting to go down like the start like they're still up there but they're beatable they're definitely beatable I hope they're not so. the same team they were in the last couple of years yeah they don't have the cameras in the trash cans right yeah You're i would right. love to see seattle over over houston in the playoffs honestly yes just, i'll never get over I, you that. know yeah i i think you know i'm looking i actually look at projections here and there they have this they have seattle ending up in third with like a 500 record i don't think that's that, that's what that's, that's what's gonna happen i'm very optimistic um you know this past year i said that we were gonna make it and we were one win away so and it's different from the past years we had old guys producing when they shouldn't have been producing we have a young team that's pretty most of them are in there starting to get into their prime and we got a shot we got a shot well that's all you can ask for, right? Well, it'll be very interesting. Very, very interesting. Okay, let's let's move to a, a couple of new teams. So let's talk about our teams a little bit, the Yankees and the Dodgers. So you've made it very clear that you do not like the Yankees and to some degree the Dodgers. Why why so much hate for, for our teams? You know, you know what's the weird thing? I don't hate the Dodgers. You do, right? I thought you did. No, I don't. I don't. As good as they are, I don't hate them. It's weird. Weird, because if I wasn't a Dodgers fan, I would hate the Dodgers. Honestly, <laughs> right, right. I like the Dodgers. Like I don't mind them. I think part of it is because they're not they're in the NL. Mm. But I do. There are teams in the NL I don't like. I don't like the Cardinals for some <laughs> weird reason, and I, I don't like the Giants. Oh, I, hate I know that reason. There was a certain time when we were like middle school that when it was the Cardinals and the Giants, 2010, 2011, I didn't like that. I wasn't a fan of that. I think that's part of it. But yeah, I don't hate the Dodgers. I don't. They're good. And they're fun to watch. So I will say that. Nice. So we got some Dodger love from the pod. Thanks, Jaden. Subtle, subtle. Subtle, subtle. Hey, it's not hate. So appreciate it. Yeah. But you can shit on the Yankees, though. What about the Yankees? Yeah, go shit on the Yankees, though. Oh, where do I start? Um, you know, 
they win, right? Quotation marks win. And that's the thing. They Yankees fans are very, they're very cocky for reasons that are about 12 years old, right? 20, 20 2009, right? Like, close the year. My thing is close the year, but get over it. Half of those, more than, I mean, pretty much all of the 27 wins, nobody was alive. Can't talk about history because you don't know half the history. Um, they're supposed to win. They are supposed to win. The big bad Yankees are supposed to win. They have all the money. They can buy everyone they want. But they still can't get it done. And I love it. I live for it. And as you know, right? Um, you know, I didn't, a big part of even more of why I hate the Yankees is because of the not so known rivalry with the Mariners. The, the Jeter Griffey days. Yes, exactly. So 2000, or so 1995, right? Seattle saved, or Griffey and the Mariners saved baseball in Seattle by beating the Yankees, right? Don Mattingly's last year in pinstripes being the captain, right? His last chance to get into the playoffs and, you know, retire as the World Series champion. And Seattle comes back and wins. That's big. And I wasn't alive for that, right? So I don't necessarily have the most experience, right? I'm not a Griffey guy. I'm an Ichiro guy. Different era. Um, in 2000, A-Rod's last year as a Mariner. But that's when they had A-Rod, Griffey, right? Edgar. They were good. They were stacked. Yankees beat them in the, in the division series. And then A-Rod walked the next year to Texas. 2001, for some reason, this like never gets really talked about. But New York kind of blew through Seattle in the championship series where they went to lose against the Diamondbacks. Just to let you know, they lost. But yeah, I know, you know, um, Gonzalez. yeah. And there's, there's been a lot of Seattle, New York trades, right? We kind of talked about Ichiro, um, but for some reason there's been a lot and I'm not a fan of it because we never, we've never gotten really anything good from it. Maybe Jay Buhner. That was the only one. You know, twenty something years ago, but I think part of it is uh, me not conforming to everyone else. I love. I don't like to conform, and I remember growing up, everyone was Yankees fans, right? Everyone like Jeter and A Rod, and you know, and I was the Ichiro guy, you know. And then I had a brief stint of liking the Red Sox a lot. Oh, get out of here! Get yes. out of here! Yes. There was a brief stint where I was a I was a big Manny guy, huh. huge Manny guy, and that kind of got me more into that mode of we don't like the Yankees, and here we are, the biggest Yankee hater on Twitter with Jared Carabas. But so the bottom line is you're a bigger Yankee hater than you like the Mariners. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's don't, the don't story. Wrong. Don't get me wrong. I hate the Yankees <laughs> with all of my heart. But the other half of my heart is with my boys, the nurse. Matt, your face when Jaden was just ranting was the, the funniest thing I've seen. <laughs> on this no, whole I could podcast, go on. Right? I could go I swear. Really disgusting. 
I I mean I hear him talk about this like you know for the past how many years. <laughs> I mean they're the thing, they're supposed to win, and the fact that they don't is like, come on, and don't well, blame in the Astros. They, they won. The Dodgers did. It. I can. The Dodgers did it. No, they didn't. Well, we got they one doing it at the end. Shut up! But... The bubble. The bubble. Asterisk. But we can have a whole Yankees rant for another podcast, right? Yes, we can. Oh, yeah. It's Probably, a long you know, baseball once season. Once the oh. maybe like the all star break comes, when we start seeing who the real contenders are. Yes, yes. It'll get it. really and, interesting. And, 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 Ooh, sending shots with that real contenders. <laughs> okay. I'm showing my Yankee fan power right now. Hmm. All right, I think that's enough uh, bashing on my team. I don't know what they deserve. You sure? But... <laughs> no. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. Okay. Let, let's let's move to the whole upcoming season in a in a whole totality. So let's let's talk about some predictions here. So let's start with the World Series. Who is your World Series matchup this year? Not the Blue Jays. You know, everyone's going to say the Blue Jays. I don't think. I think they choke. I think it's going to be the White Sox and the Dodgers. Hmm. It's an absolute disappointment if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year. Straight up. They have an all-star team. Yeah. And their manager guaranteed it. Yes, it is literally what? not fair. What are you going to do, Matt? No, nah, we're not. You know what? No, nah, we're not going to win the World Series. You deflect the question. Deflect. See, that's the thing I don't like about baseball. They're so, like, you know. That's old, man. You're old head. New school, baby. (laughs) Thank you. But, yeah, but I think it's Dodgers over the White Sox. I like the White Sox. That's what I was going to say, too, because I had. The division is easy. That was yours, too. Division. Yeah, because remember, Matt, I was high on the the White Sox when we did our, our rankings a while ago. I was high on the White Sox. Obviously, I'm going to have the Dodgers winning it all. So I was going to say White Sox. So I'm just going to, that was easy. I'm just going to second one, Jaden, on that one. I'm going to disagree with you both. Okay. Let's hear it. I got, I got the Braves going back to the World Series. The Braves. Acuna Over. is coming back. This guy right here. See him? All rise. All right. Oh, is he gonna he pitch too? Losing in the World Series. Is he gonna pitch in the World Series or Garrett, in the playoffs Garrett too? Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is gonna be the MVP in the World Series. That's all I gotta say. Okay, so you know you oh. you gotta win four games. So Garrett Cole is gonna pitch how many of those? All four. All four games that He's you guys are gonna win. Two. He's gonna pitch two out of the four. Okay, so who's <gasps> gonna pitch the other ones? Severino. Mm, I like Severino. I like Severino, Severino when he plays. Is he going to play this yeah, year, man? Yeah. He's okay. throwing 98 right now. Okay. He's throwing 98. In the yeah. so spring but he's not even Tommy John. Okay. Right. And, and wait, wait, wait till we get uh, Frankie Montas at the trade deadline. Just, um, he could be the third, third guy in the rotation. And okay. Jordan Montgomery. Wow. He can come out of the pen in the playoffs. Okay, okay, okay. I'll give you guys Especially a Heaney in the back. Do you guys want Heaney back? 
No, thank you. All yours. <laughs> All yours. We had enough of him. He he lost. Oh, he didn't actually. He technically didn't lose, but he was kind of the reason why we lost in Iowa. <laughs> so good luck with him. That's also why I'm gonna say the Dodgers are gonna struggle because if he pitches, it's an automatic L. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna start. There's no way he starts. That's what he did, though. He's been a starter his whole career. Yeah, and then I mean, uh, and how many guys were starters on the Dodgers or were not that weren't on the Dodgers, and they end up going there, and they end up being in relievers. So I feel like they're gonna keep Price as a reliever. That's why. Exactly, and I think she. I think he should start. But if May comes back, we're chilling. If yes, May doesn't. But he would come out of the bullpen too. What, in the playoffs? Yeah, we're talking possibly, playoffs? right? No way, dude. He's just... Oh, so we're just banging on the Dodgers in the playoffs, right? <laughs> oh, I am. See? Oh, so now you, <laughs> do you hate the Dodgers now? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, boo. All right. How about, how about MVP and Cy Young? You know, for AL MVP, it's Otani's to lose. Like, literally, it's Otani's to lose. If he puts up any numbers similar to this year, he will win. Because nobody's doing what he's doing. I'm hoping he doesn't win because that means the Angels are going to probably do pretty good in the West. But, you know, I I think either Otani, of course, Trout. So when, you know, thinking of these questions, I have, you know, one I think, Probably will, but I have my sleeper pick that I really like. And my sleeper pick for the AL MVP is uh, Kyle Tucker. The dude rakes. The dude just hits. And I see him a lot, right, being from in Seattle. He just, he's, he hits, and it's amazing. Can't get him out. I think he is one of the best players in baseball, best hitters in baseball. Yeah, Kyle Tucker. I don't hate Kyle him Tucker. as much because he was like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. Taking a swing for the fence there. I like that. All right. How about the Cy Young? Cy Young. Um, you know, it's weird. Garrett Cole has never won a Cy Young yet. Am I wrong? That's correct. Yeah, he's never won. Because Verlander won the other year with Garrett did really good in Houston. So I think it's gonna be Garrett Cole. I honestly think Garrett Cole. Right. But I do have my, my sleeper. And it's funny, he's another Astro, but Lance McCullers Jr. I love Lance McCullers Jr. I hate that guy. Bro, he's so hurt. <laughs> Is he still hurt? Yeah. He's not even throwing it. Oh, really? Yeah. I have him in fantasy, that's why. He's not even throwing. Oh. Damn, well, if he was healthy. I, healthy, a healthy Lance McCullers. Healthy, yes, and that is another. Okay. That's another issue. He's he's not the best with uh, durability, but I Lance McCullers is a dog. Hmm. I okay. really like him as a pitcher. You want to give your NL? Okay, NL MVP. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be either between Soto and Trey Turner. Trey I think Trey, Turner. the full season of Trey Turner in Dodger blue would do him wonders. 
Okay. Oh, I like that. I like, I like, I like that. Soto. I like the Soto. Because on in all honesty, when you're with a good team, all your stats are gonna go up. So I really think Trey Turner. Yeah. And then have my sleeper. I have Chris Bryant. I think he, sure. he's gonna he be. He might put up some gaudy numbers in exactly. Coors. Yep. He's gonna be in Colorado. He's just gonna drop nukes. And you know they're not gonna go very far, considering you have San Francisco. LA and San Diego, but I think Chris Bryant, the Coors effect. Um, and now Cy Young with the Grom not being healthy, which that means Max Scherzer will be taking a lot of the innings. And I think Max Scherzer will win again. Can't go wrong. Okay. Um, that's one, that's my 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 safe pick. Um, my sleeper pick, Greg will like this. One of my other, probably my favorite pitcher right now, Julio, uh, Julio Urias. Oh yeah. He needs <laughs> to pick. pick. He, I really wish he was a number one, because anywhere else he would. Mm-hmm. I he's the number three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Julio Urias will win a Cy Young at least once in his career. He is amazing. And he's like, I think three, two or three years older than us. Yeah, that's, so that's my right. that, That's some good picks there. Greg, you want to comment on that? Uh, Yeah, so I'll just give mine. Um, so I guess I'll do the same thing. My kind of safe pick, so AL first, right? So AL MVP, obviously it's got to be Otani's to lose. Like, Baseball wants him to, like, I think be that guy just because the pitching and the hitting. Um, I think, you know, if he can stay healthy um, pitching-wise, I think it's going to help a lot if he can just hold the same numbers pitching-wise because I think, actually, he's going to hit better um, because they're going to have to start, like, attacking him now almost if Trout and Rendon are there too, right? Because, like, when, without Trout and Rendon, it's like they were walking him or, uh, you know, like, there was no one, like, hitting behind him kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd have to say Otani. My sleeper pick uh, for MVP, it's going to be my boy Corey Seager down in Texas. I think he's just, just going to mash in Texas, honestly. Um, I think they're pretty good. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think – he's going to put up like really good numbers now that he's going to almost like that star with Simeon. Um, so that was my sleeper pick. Uh, let's see. Cy Young. I'm going to have to go. I guess it would have to be Garrett Cole. Like I think he's hands down the best pitcher in that, in the AL, um, especially throughout the regular season. And then my sleeper pick, honestly, for Cy Young is going to be Shohei. Cause like if he can, um, now that they're kind of changed, they made that Shohei rule. I think it's gonna help him a lot. Um, but you know, maybe I think year two doing this thing full time, he kind of got the feel the first year. He can get a little bit, couple more starts in that that might help his case. So that's my sleeper pick, uh, for the AL. Let's see, NL. So I like the Dodgers pick, Jaden. Honestly, I just don't think 
the Dodger a Dodger is gonna win MVP just because of how many guys like they have. Um, it I think it's like gonna hurt their case even if they have great numbers. Um, I think that they just have too many guys, honestly. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with. I think Acuna has a good chance if he comes back healthy. Like I really like Soto too, but something just tells me like I mean I know the Braves are good too, but uh, Acuna Acuna is kind of just like that flashy like do it all kind of guy. Um, and then my I guess my sleeper pick would have to be Tatis. Like I hate Tat. I mean I don't hate Tatis. He's just on the Padres. Um, but if he's healthy throughout the year shores up the defense a little bit um like he's a he's a scary scary guy to, to face so tatis would be my sleeper and then uh see cy young i'm gonna have to go with my boy uh like i love julio but i think walker like walker bueller uh he's gonna solidify himself as the ace i hope so i love walker bueller yeah too. i love yeah walker he's a stud um and I guess more someone that's more my uh, sleeper pick. I th- I really like uh, Max Freed from Atlanta, uh, like another crafty lefty. Uh, I think he you know like showed up big in the playoffs. Actually, he kind of had was slowly taking on that Kershaw narrative for a minute, right? Like he couldn't pitch in the big game kind of thing, and then you know when he had to do it, he finally came through um, and was able to do that. So I think like that kind of like relieve some of the pressure off him. And I think he's going to have a really good season. So that's my, those are my picks. All right. Solid, solid. So I'm going to give mine real quick. So I'm just going to just throw it out. No sleeper, no nothing. This is just straight from the heart right now. So my AL Cy Young, no bias intended, but I do think Garrett Cole is going to win, especially how poor he pitched in the playoffs last year. I think he's due for one game they had but that's the one that counts and he didn't show up so he's gonna come back with some vengeance and then the al mvp pains me to say it but i think vlad vlad jr is gonna take off this year i mean i thought he should have won last year that's just me but i think he's gonna take it this year and then my al no my nl cy young i actually like corbin burns i think he's really underrated I think his stuff is just filthy and he's probably got the best control out of everyone. He's, he's the horse of that Brewers rotation. So I like him there. And then my NL MVP kind of touched on it earlier, but I got Soto. I mean, that guy just continues to get better as a hitter and improving on defense too, but his hitting is just out of this world. All right. So yeah, pretty good, right? At least only one Yankee. I didn't say Aaron Judge for MVP. You're right. You're right. All right. So we got a few more minutes left here. So let's end with kind of a topic that we can all relate to since we play OBL. So, Jaden, you are the official manager of second string baseball. So yes. what is kind of the, the, the story behind that? Um. So, you know, I remember... It was in 2017, summer of 2017. I was, we were at Hunter's house, kind of just talking with all of our friends. And we were like, oh, let's, let's play. Let's do something. Let's play. And it originally started, we were planning on doing a slow pitch softball. I was playing slow pitch softball with some older Milan guys. And 
it's kind of nuts. Some guys take it really seriously and they're twice our size. So I was like, you know, we should do baseball instead. And I knew there was a league. So they were like, oh, okay, let's do it. And I think the hardest part in that, that one semester of me was trying to find guys. I had a bunch of guys, yeah, I'll play, I'll play. And of course, last minute, the money, money's due. Oh, I'm not going to play, right? So there was a certain point in time where I was, I was like actually thinking we were going to play. But um, luckily, had some really good friends that were willing to play and willing to take a chance because we didn't know what it was going to be, what it was going to be. We didn't know it would turn out the way it is now, you know, five, four or five years ahead. But, um, you know, we have guys that have never played before. It's one of the big things. Um, and we have guys that, you know, gr played growing up, stopped playing, but, you know, wanted to have a good time and play baseball. And, you know, for, for me, making the team was more than just baseball, obviously. Um, just having something to do with my friends and, you know, having fun, joking around. Baseball is like second, second, the second part of it, right? And as far as the name goes, it was actually, uh, that was probably one of the harder, harder things as well, to think of a name. I didn't want it to necessarily be Milani something, you know? But luckily, uh, I was hanging out with Darren Iha, one of our good friends, and he mentioned, what about the B team? You know, like you have the All-Star A team and the All-Star B team. And I was like, oh, second string. It's perfect. Right? Because most of the guys, I didn't including know myself, most of the guys, including myself, were not first string players. Yup. Same here. So <laughs> I can really it, worked out. it worked out perfectly. And it was funny how it worked. And, you know, the name, the name works. You know, it's a, it's a marketable name. Um, I did I did graphics and you know digital media in high school, so I was able to have Illustrator and create the logo, create my jersey, pick the colors, all of those things. And all those are all the things that I love to do. You know, the whole baseball thing, especially in media and marketing our team. You know, I think we did a great job. You know, with all of that and you know with the Instagram, the way that's going. We do have, you know, another summer league team that, you know, puts out some content as well. So it's really good for us, you know, to make sure we put out our best, you know. Um, but, you know, it's, it's awesome. I really enjoy having second string. It's a great, it's a great opportunity for us to just have fun and enjoy ourselves. So any big free agents you're going to sign this summer? Um, we actually signed... Um, Former Little League World Series second place winner, Justice Nakagawa. Um, we actually had his brother, um, Aris Bully, that played with us last year. Big signing. And, you know, I think for us, take a step forward to go to Division One in the fall. Thank you. Guys. How many, how many years guys. are you guys going to run D2, man? Come on. Yes. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to make the leap in the fall and next summer. Um we're going to be in division one. All right. We got a three, a battle going then. I like it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am excited. I am excited. There's going to be a lot of betting maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We can't bet. We're in Hawaii. We can't bet. That's illegal. Yeah. 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 Of <laughs> 
All right, Jaden. I think that wraps up our conversation for today. Thank you for joining. It was a pleasure. And we look forward to having you back, you know, to talk about your disgusting Mariners. And their <laughs> Thank five you so games. much for having me. I appreciate all the love. Greg, best of luck to you this season. You Matt, too, man. Go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jaden. Appreciate it. See you guys.